Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Once again, back at it, it's the white two short with Altoids for the Newport. You're playing partner Lush Uno. And uh, I brought with me one of the rap game, the music game in general's best kept secrets. Um, Let's go. I'm guessing I just leaked it. You feel me? Cinco Gang in the Let's go. Vibes. I got my uh, my brother, um, Baby Franco Chain, formerly known as Bobby Butcher, hey. formerly known as Severe the MC. Hey. There's been many incarnations. Mm-hmm. It's a risky choice to to change names, like especially yeah. like when when you made the change from Severe to Bobby Butcher. Yeah, for sure, you were like buzzing at the time. Like, yeah, it was definitely you know back then with that self provoked drop, it, it definitely made a bunch of numbers and shit. And it it was crazy. It was a crazy change. It was scary as fuck, to be honest. What like what's the What's the mentality behind the name changes? Um, well, severe was kind of, it was just kind of given to me. Um, I remember just being in school. One of the homies started calling me that shit. And so it just stuck forever. And um, I, some shit happened where I couldn't use it anymore. And uh, I had to change it to uh, Bobby Butcher. And Bobby Butcher was actually, it was going to be Bobby Boucher, but I didn't know how to spell Boucher. So. Okay, so it was accidental. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it's because it was but it's like butcher. Yeah, without a T. All and, right. Yeah, yeah, butcher without a T. Do you remember the first time we met? No. The first time we met, and I think I've asked you this too. Like I can't. Like, do you remember where we met? Cause... We met in 2015 at a show in like uh, like Whittier where the girls are prettier or like West Covina or one of those places. Really? Yeah. It? And you were with our boy Ilmac. Oh, okay, yeah. And I owed Ilmac money <laughs> yeah. for for like a battle that he had done. I was like two He's racks tripping. or like twenty five hundred dollars in debt. Yeah. And you thought that you were gonna have to press me. Yeah. Yeah. Now do you remember? Yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how we met, though? I don't think I met you that day. Well, you were like glaring at me in the corner. Like, I was gonna meet you. But yeah, yeah. I was gonna meet. I was gonna meet the butcher. <laughs> that's for sure. That's crazy. I forgot that completely. Yeah. Yeah. Know. So the that was the. First I don't recall. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so you're from okay. North Hollywood, California. Yeah, North North Hollywood, NoHo. You know what it is? Eight one eight. People. A lot of people that aren't from california mm-hmm. they hear hollywood and they're like oh it's like this lavish yeah. rich area with movie stars like they be thinking it's on the other side of the, the the hills too you know like yeah it's crazy i'm like yeah north hollywood's not in hollywood right what's the so what's the real noho like um shit it's getting gentrified now like they put in a lot of buildings in but back then it was it was different, man. There was a lot of places you couldn't go to if you weren't familiar. Um, a lot of hoods. Um, yeah, it was a lot different, a lot ghettoer. Yeah, there's there's I mean there's little projects out there. Yeah, there's, uh, lots of different gangs. Yeah, a lot of like graffiti was super big. Tag banging was big yeah. when you were growing up and all it, that. I ne- I never got into it, but yeah, it was pretty big. All my friends were pretty much doing it. And you were born and raised out there. Yeah, I was born in East LA, but raised in Ohio. No, and then, uh, but you moved also. Uh, summer, you moved to Chicago for a while during your early years too. Yeah, that was for a second, but you know, most of the like, most of it came from North Hollywood. You know, like you grow up, 
inside a place, you know, for yeah. so long. And then you get to see the outside world. Yeah. The outside world was North Hollywood. And um, that's where most of my friends come from. That's lit. And um, when did you realize, because you're like a really unique musical talent. Like you, the way that you use your voice is literally like an instrument. The way you like, you don't just, you don't rap on beats in a typical way. You yeah. were like incorporating melodies way before it was pop. I mean, obviously, you know, yeah. Nate Dogg's been doing it and people like that. But like Nate Dogg's pretty much the king of it. Like 50 is another person that would do it. I guess it's called like crooning or some shit. Right. Yeah. Like but, not full on blowing, like which yeah. you can. You could sing. Like yeah. but but I mean, you I were can figure it out. But. Right. But you were like gliding on beats for a long time. In particular, like that wasn't common in the underground scene of LA and you were like kind of stood out very yeah early. I feel like music wise I, I always sounded a little different I always stood out um sometimes not even in a good way you know because like growing up it was like boom bap uh underground hip-hop for me so like incorporating the singing stuff like I don't even feel like m many people were doing it I'm sure people were doing it but nobody that I was coming across you know so um, I don't know. It just came from like trying shit. Um, and the more I've done it, the better I've gotten at it. But at first it was pretty, it didn't sound great. Like I mean, <laughs> to an outside ear, you always had something interesting going on. Yeah. Um, and so you were a part of the, so your your original foray into making music, you were still in high school? Yeah, it, it was pretty much like towards the end of high school. And I remember like passing out CDs and shit and trying to sell them for like five bucks or something. Like I remember all that. Um, but I didn't even try to perform or anything till like out of high school. I performed once during high school and it was at um, um, a Kilda MC from Jurassic 5. He's got this spot on Pico. Or I don't know if it's still there, but mm -hmm. it was like a youth center kind of thing. And um, that was the first time I performed with really Akil and like Charlie Tuna and I met and then Charlie Tuna ended up coming to my high school and shit and I seen him he remembered me that was tight. So you're still in high school, starting to experiment. Like, what what compelled you? What made you be like? I want to. I actually want to throw my my hat into the ring as an MC and start um, doing the music. I think that just came from like one of my older homies. He was like hella good at that shit. So, you know, I looked up to him. I wanted to be like that too. Like I wanted to be able to spit. Um, a lot of it was therapeutic. Like a lot of it was like kind of uh, my form of keeping track of my what's going on in my life, you know. And um, so that kind of, you know, poetry ends up becoming music and shit if you go that way. So. It's kind of how it happened. And you got a pretty strong response out the gate. People were... I mean, at first, it was pretty shaky. But uh, once I kind of figured it out, and I figured out recording a little bit more, because I was recording myself and the homies and shit. And um, once that happened, then I started getting like a better, okay, this guy's tight. I like your music. I started getting fans here and there. Um, a lot of it, too, has to do with the underground community I was a part of, you know, with self-provoke, reverie, all the on a high notes, everybody that was around kind of, we all kind of had like similar fans at that time. So, cause it was all- How, did you, how did you hook up with, uh, you um, know, for those that don't know, self-provoked, you know, he's a very successful independent artist out here. Reverie, we just had on, yeah. you know, her episode. Yeah, just I just dropped. saw that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was Which was, how did you link up with them? Um, self-provoke, I linked up cause it was like MySpace days, and um, I found out he lived near me, so I just tapped in. was like, yo, let's record some shit. Let's make some shit. You're the only other person I've heard in, in like the area I'm in that's making music, so like, let's do some shit. That's pretty much it. Um, as far as Reverie, I think I met her at a show we did together, and then since then we just kept cool. And then y'all formed like essentially a movement together, which... Oh, uh, well, yeah, yeah, Self-Provoke and I did On a High Note, um, which that was crazy, you know, shout out everybody on that. Um, 
That was a cool ass time. And is that like Exessor, uh, Exer, Exer, um, the Wino, Wino, Linoski, oh. mm-hmm. uh, M4. Um, I don't know if I'm forgetting anybody, but and a lot of these dudes wound up yeah. really doing their thing and like yeah. having carving their own lanes in the underground and beyond, and like Fact. have fully sustainable fan bases and things like that. Yeah, yeah, I know that most of them are still making music you know even if they're not putting it out i'm sure they're still making music um and then reverie i linked up with because she put me on on a tour with her um that's your first tour my first tour and uh i was working at the dodger store in city walk at the time and i was running late and uh she called me she's like hey you want to go on tour we're we're gonna take off in a little bit or it was something like that, and I was like, "Damn, I gotta, I, I'm clocking into work. Like, I can't." She's like, "Like the tour is leaving right then?" Yeah, like kind of like, there's a spot for you. I don't really remember if it was leaving right then or if it was leaving like the next day, but that's pretty much how it happened. I was walking, I was walking into work, and I still ain't have my shirt. I always put my shirt on after, you know, because you don't want to be walking yeah. around. I didn't want to wear Dodger shit all the time. I was Those like, consu- lawyers. I know, but I was consumed by it. It was too much. It was too much. But, um, you know, I fuck with the Dodgers, but it's just, it's everywhere in that store. You know, yeah. it drives you crazy. But uh, I'm walking into like, the I, store. I, I fuck with the Giants now. Fuck this <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm walking into the store. Uh, she, she's like, well, just quit. I was like, oh, that is, that is a good idea. And so took a lot of convincing. Yeah, huh? I was like, she's like, I got you. Don't even trip. And I was like, okay, tight. So I, I walked in there like you're late. I'm like, yeah, I'm quitting. So I was like, yeah, I'll see you. Guys. <laughs> Give me my paycheck. Yeah, I was like, I'll see you guys later. And I, I went on tour. Give me this four X uh, blue Dodgers jersey to go. Facts. And I'm straight. Facts. But <laughs> let me take some. Let me take some gear. Let me. They had every hat, every fitted hat in there. So. Fire crazy was there had you done a lot of traveling prior to that or was that like your first time really seeing the country i feel like it was my second time really seeing shit you know um because i had been i've done shows like here and there you know but it was never a consistent tour or anything like that so um it was pretty cool it was pretty tight like just seeing the different types of people that were all interested in our music from you know, L.A., North Hollywood, it's crazy. So prior to that, growing up, were you like, were you like more involved in school type shit or like, did you, were you getting in trouble and things like that? Um, With all that, I was always probably getting in trouble or not even getting in trouble, but just not into the best, you know, most positive shit. Yeah. Um, But I did do like this little, uh, was like an open mic thing that would happen every Friday at lunch at the music teacher's, uh, I think his name was Mr. Rodriguez. Okay. Um, shout out to him, dope. So, okay. um, but yeah, I think that's like where I first started even like speaking into a mic for the first time. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like in school, it was always kind of like a breeze. Uh, but yeah, you just, you know, you're growing up. You, you're figuring shit out, so you, you you bound to get into some trouble, like you know. Regular LA activities. Regular, you know. I think I got suspended one time. Can't even remember for what what it was for, but. I mean, you're talking to somebody that went to four different high schools, got expelled three times. So, like, to me, that's what was he doing? Oh, what wasn't I doing? I was doing the most. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was always off into some shit. I mean, Duno said you were smoking crack. I, I think I tried crack for the first time. I don't think I was still. You know what? Nah, smoking. Uh, like, look, I'm gonna tell you like this: If you smoked weed in L.A. with essays in the '90s, you smoke crack. There's a really, really high probability that you for sure smoke dust. That's like, one hundred percent. Like PCP was in my system without me realizing it. And there used to be this shit called Grammys. I don't know if you know what Grammys are. Smoking Grammys was like... Sounds like it's pre-90s. It was definitely the 90s. <laughs> and it was smoking blunts with crack in it. 
there's like primos which is pee dogs which is like weed with coke which is very common but then there was like if you were like with the more with the activities type people it was i I didn't even know (laughs) i wasn't like yeah i'm smoking crack bro like we were just like (laughs) getting high yeah like and like just to put it out there and we're gonna get into it like you were around me when I, I hit some very dark periods. I mean, same. It was around me too. Yeah, and we like, and that. we definitely helped each other navigate a dark time in our lives. I don't know if I would have gotten through it yeah. without you. So I, I you know, hey, appreciate. I, I hold same, you in though, you know, very high regard um, yeah. as a result. But before all that, you was um, Skirt. so yeah, <laughs> you wind up going tour, going on tour with Rev. And you're you're putting out projects as severe, and is is that around the time you dropped the "Stay True" video with Self Provoked? Um, no, I think that happened way earlier. Oh, that had already happened. Yeah, that happened way earlier. Because um, that went viral. You know, you got your first million views. Like, yeah. It now was, it's at like a few million or some shit. Like, it's at like two or two, yeah. almost three. I think. Yeah. But um, yeah, the person who shot it had put it on their YouTube because we ain't no shit like. I didn't even have like a smartphone. I didn't have n- nothing you can access the internet with at that time. Right. For some reason. And um, yeah, so uh, the person who shot it ended up putting it on YouTube and it got to like 2 million or something. Mm-hmm. And then it got taken down for some reason. So I put it back up on my shit. Okay. So, so really. So it's like that video's got like five time. million yeah, yeah, yeah. type shit. Yeah, for sure. And w- when that happened, shout out self provoked. Shouts to selfie. You know, you're like a humble, out the mix, not smartphone having ass motherfucker <laughs> from you know Thanks. humble beginnings in North Hollywood, and all of a sudden you're starting to experience viral fame. You have a lot of people knowing who you are and shit like. What was that trans? What was that kind of like for you? Because it was definitely different. I wouldn't say like it, there was like drastic changes or anything, but um, it was different. It was different to like, you know, I, to where before I would show up to a show and nobody would give a fuck. You know, I'm just another person at the fucking show. And after like uh, Sit and Wonder, um, Stay True, um, and some other songs came out. And we're doing numbers, like I'll show up to a show and everybody would like, not everybody, but most people in there would be like, oh shit, he's here, you know? So that started happening. Also, like what I never got used to was like when people recognize you. On the streets. It looked like they don't like you. Yeah. Because they trying to figure out if it's you, you know? So it's like a mean mug kind of resting face coming across. But that I never got used to. But what I, The happening. worst, because there's like when people recognize you in public, there's a few different ways they're going to react. Yeah. One is they're just going to run up on you and be like, oh, shit, it's, it's him. Yeah. Fan out. You yeah, feel yeah. me? Which, you know, sometimes is annoying, but like I prefer, like I always like it when people show love. It makes me feel validated Fact. for the work I'm putting in. Like It's kind of what most of us do it for. Right? Yeah. We not rich out here. Like yeah. this is like. This is the form. This is our currency, essentially. Fact. Props. You can't take Fact. that shit to the bank, but. Especially in the underground world. You yeah. Know, like that's, you know, that's, that's it. But then there's the people that see you and pretend like they don't because they don't want to like, like, Hey fool, I saw you. I didn't want to fan out though. I'm not yeah. no bitch fool. Like, like actually you're more of a bitch because like <laughs> that affects your self-esteem yeah. to the point where you can't say like, Hey, I enjoy your music. This threatens your masculinity uh, or, you know what I'm saying? Uh, like, and I feel like, you know, society, it's your fault. Yeah, you know, it's definitely you, that guy named society. society. It's, it's his fault. Um, but then there's the people that, like, and this shit always trips me out. If people recognize you and then don't say anything, uh-huh. and then we'll hit you, like, I'll get, like, a tweet. A like, tweet. Yeah, I, just I just saw, saw a fucking yeah. lush one at the Dodger store. Yeah, I, every time that happens, I would, like, look up, like, yeah. try to... Like I'm gonna, there's gonna be a beam on them or something. Like, yeah. it's just, yeah. you know, it's it's just um, it's different, man. But um, you just gotta stay who you are. You feel me? And 
it's lit. It's cool. You didn't let it really affect you. I mean, I I feel like there's no way for it not to affect you, but I don't know. I guess I I am who I am today. You know, whatever that is. So. And at a certain point, your ambitions started to supersede this underground hip hop mold that you were in. Yeah, because I never really fit in. And it wasn't until I met Disaster that I listened to, um, what's bro's name? Um, uh, it's going to kill me. I can't remember. But um, it's this other o- older underground person who would like uh, croon or like sing or whatever. Okay. Um, can't remember his name. But Biz showed me him for the first time when we finally met. So I never had listened to him and... A lot of people would tell me that I sounded like I was taking influence, which is not a bad thing, you know, but I just didn't listen to bro, you know. So influenced by him, you don't know his name. I'll, I'll text you later when I yeah, when yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, I just didn't even, you know. He's got a song with um, Andre 3000 and Snoop. I oh. think it's called Ashtrays. Doobie Ashtrays. Yeah, Devin the Dude. Devin the Dude. Yeah, yeah who's amazing. I, I knew, I knew yeah. you would remember. Yeah, yeah. Just got to give you them clues. Yeah, 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 but, yeah. Okay, um, so, but, you know, around this time, this is like, what, 2013, 14, 15, yeah. like, and like, so. Um, there, I want to say like 2018. That, okay. When well, I started crooning. Like, well, well that, that, like, that's, I was, you know, you had already, like, been the Bobby Butcher moniker for a few years at that point. Because I started working with you in 2017. 17? Oh, yeah. okay, okay. Then so I'm, it must have been like I'm a couple tripping. years yeah, before yeah, that. It's probably 2015. Yeah. And like at that time... You know my history more than... I, you're my dog. Like <laughs> at this time, you know, uh, Future, Young Thug, all these... They're going crazy. Going crazy. And yeah. like that started to like... Yeah. Um, I will say it was like a lot of it came from like... 50 cents crooning because it was so easy to sing along to that shit yeah um but as i got older for sure i got into like more like young thug um and his style really influenced me like just how he was just so open to try and shit free and, like, jeff man you know, free on. man free, free everybody free all the slimes yeah um it's crazy man and uh that kind of made me want to go even further and kind of made it okay to go further for me even though i came from like the whole boom bap era of, of underground and shit. So um, it always felt like I was, ta- it was a taboo mm. or some type of to like go on and do crazier shit. In underground hip hop, getting pussy is taboo. <laughs> yeah. Like, like they want fools to be like miserable, yeah. broke. Like, oh, he has money. Like he's selling out. Yeah, he sold out. Yeah. And uh, yeah, man, I just, uh, Wanted to do different shit. Kind of got tired of the same patterns, the same type of audience, you know? Like, got bored of, like, what I was doing. That's really what it all comes from. Like, I get bored, and I just want to try new shit. That's what got me here, you know? And then you wind up switching your name to Bobby Butcher and putting out a string of incredible albums. Like really really dope to to this day i feel like those you know the, the, we have one we have one together yeah yeah and and then then that album as well that's yeah. you know that's a part of like that that run but uh was, was severe the first one or was it levels i want to say levels with chase moore shout out chase moore yeah so shout you know the whole cult shouts to six six seven cult we gonna get into that when did you so when did like around this time you met chase moore and ilmac and yeah i met chase Oh no! I had I had met Chase on tour with Reverie. He okay. ended up coming on as one of the DJs, and we just hadn't got along, so we started, uh, you know, keeping contact. And he ended up moving out to closer to where I was, and he hit me one day too. I was at my homie uh, Praise the Studio at his crib, and I remember too. I was high. I had the phone here. I was just like half asleep in the studio, and um. Chase is calling me, and I'm like, why the fuck? I'll call him back later. It's not like he's in my city or anything, like nothing I can do. So I go to sleep, wake up, and I call Chase. He's like, yo, I just moved. And I'm like, oh, shit, what? I'm going to tap in with you. I'm going to slide right now. I'm down the street. 
So uh, that's kind of how we linked up, started working together. And I met Ilmac through there too. Like he ended up coming through to the studio and Chase was actually leaving. So he left us the keys to the studio and we couldn't figure out, Chase's setup is so crazy. Uh, we couldn't figure out how to use the fucking computer. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like, you know that scene in Zoolander where they're just tapping, the, they're just smacking the computer trying to get the files out of that it? That was y'all? That was us, like literally for like hours. Well, we wound up having to break into Chase's studio, but that's a different story. (laughs) For a different time, but uh, yeah, and uh, that's how I met uh, Elmac, and we started making music together too like that, just because we were both stuck in the studio trying to figure out how to use it. And then like you, so being around guys like Elmac and Chase, they're like from the battle scene, Yeah, and that was you know, I know obviously you're like familiar with battle rap, but that's far removed from yeah, yeah. how you came up. Was it kind of interesting? Like now I'm fucking with these battle rappers and shit. Like I didn't really see it like that because I didn't I didn't know what it was. Like I didn't know what the battle rap community was or what people from there were. You know, these were kind of like besides Chef. You know, um, besides him battling at the basement, like and self-provoke like I've never really seen battle culture like that so um meeting them and them kind of like opening the floodgates to the battle world was pretty crazy I met a lot of cool people um a lot of them you know tell me they be listening to my shit which is crazy because these are like intricate you know writers that be writing about some crazy some crazy bars you feel me it's like double entendres and all types of shit um like I be doing that shit sometimes on purpose, on accident, you know, like because it's hard to do. But um, yeah, I th- I, that was pretty cool. That's kind of how I met you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but but like you have this thing that a lot of battle rappers and just a lot of rappers in general wish that they have very naturally. Like you just you get on a track, you sound comfortable, you know, your your voice cuts through a mix very, very well. Like yeah. your tone, like you know, you know I how to just it. you know how to like you know how to bring a beat to life in in a very natural way. And I don't know if it's something that you do on purpose or is just like so intrinsic to you as an artist that you know, Elmac has a bar. Um it goes I think it's something like uh these songs write themselves. I'm just in the room. And that's kind of mm. how it is. It's like not, I don't know where it comes from really. Like it's just, I hear the, the beat or whatever and I can just go. I think it comes from like a lot of the times growing up, I was recording myself in my room. I built this comfort with, you know, how I sound or whatever. And I just try to zone everything out and just, when I'm in the studio, it's harder when there's more people in the studio and you're recording in like a studio that doesn't have a booth. So, cause you know, everybody's listening to just that acapella, right? right. You know, so that's definitely harder. Um, but I just try to like tune everything out and let it just do itself. Sometimes I sit there for hours and nothing comes to me and I never even make that song. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's like instant, um, uh, but it's just, you know, you can never tell. And I don't be choosing like what I write about. I just let it let it go. When did you realize that beyond the music, you have an image that people consider marketable, like a look, like the way you dress, like just something about you that like is I know a lot of people have told you that, like, oh, like you have star quality and yeah. you're people ask me if my braids are attached to my head. Somebody <laughs> asked me that shit. They're not? No. No, but uh, I think I'm still realizing that and I'm still learning like about who I am and like, you know, what my image even is, you know, Uh, I'm still realizing that. But I think it happened at Baby Franco Chain. So it was that late in the game because, I mean, before that, to me, I was like, I saw it right away. I was like, this this kid right here definitely could be a star. I mean, even if you look back to like artwork or pictures of severe Bobby Butcher, a lot of the times I was covering my face. Yeah. And it was just like that, um, almost like insecurity of like, I don't know what I'm a little, you know, like, I don't know what it is. I'm 
I don't know what's going on. I just, this is what it is. You know, I just have my face. And so uh, even now, like, I think my Avi, I just realized that like two nights ago, my Avi on Instagram, I'm covering my fucking face. But I think that just comes from also not knowing, you know, not knowing that, you know, shit is marketable. I don't know what the fuck is marketable. What isn't, you know? I, I just leave that shit up to the universe of people and shit. So you, it's never been like a conscious decision. Like, oh, people are going to like if I do this or stack my chains like this or like nah i think that's all it all comes from influence like you know uh, it all comes from like my homies be dressing lit um my homies be having chains and it's just like wanting to be like the older homies or the homies you know who people you look up to artists i look up to um and gold just and jewelry was always just kind of like a thing that i i liked i felt like uh, what's his name? Abu from Aladdin. Just yeah. looking at just the gaffling. ruby. Just like. <laughs> so I, I knew I always wanted it. Um, as soon as I got my first piece. I mean, we went. We got some pieces. Yep. Um, as soon as I got my you first. You used to live at the damn slots. For, for real. We used to have the, the number. Oh, yeah. We used to tell him when we was finna show up. Shout out to my dog, Frank, man. Yeah. <laughs> Wherever you at, shout out yeah. to Frank. Uh yeah, man, I just... Frank in China now or some shit. Yeah, he out there balling. Yeah. But it was never like, I'm going to do this to do that. It was always like, I like this shit. Um, it is what it is, you know. I, I, I like wearing jewelry. I like wearing all black. I like wearing colors. I like wearing just all types of shit, you know. I don't... One day I might have skinny jeans on. The next day I might have baggy pants. The next day I might have parachute pants, you know, like... Right. It's really whatever. So you made you change your name to the Bobby Butcher moniker. Yeah. Was that because was that your way of distancing yourself from your previous underground career where you kind of like I'm deading this or like what happened? What was the catalyst to that change? I kind of had to. I had these people that was after me for a long ass time. Um and uh I'm not going to say too much about them, but uh apparently they had it trademarked and so I couldn't use Severe as a stage name. Okay. So I then changed my name to Sev. And um, they were still on my tail. They were still after me. So um, I ended up being in this crazy car accident uh, a few years later. And when I came out of that accident, I just felt like some shit had to change. Like I almost fucking died. So it's like something has to change like i gotta do the shit that i want to do and i've been trying to separate from boom bap underground for a long time so i was like i i just gotta do it so i changed my name to uh bobby butcher and uh yeah why would you choose like a a character like that was it because he just persevered no matter what or was it because i actually had a dream i had a dream um while i was hurt that I was at my homie Assume Beats the studio. Shout out to my dog Assume. Shout out Assume. Um, and I was in his studio before he even made it look nice, because it looked nice now. Um, and he was like, what do you want to call the song? And I said, um, I don't know, call it Waterboy. I think maybe like, I think like the movie was on my dream TV. Right, right. <laughs> So I'm like, call it Waterboy. And he's like, okay, what about Bobby Boucher? And I'm like, yeah, that's tight. And he spelled it out, Butcher, right, uh, in my dream or whatever. Cause, uh, and then when I woke up or from that dream, I ended up hitting the homie up and being like, yo, um, I want to come to your studio. I want to work at your studio. You're making more like more like the shit that I want to do. Music, yeah, yeah, wavier shit. And so uh, he was like, I was like, I need your help. And I hit up my boy, uh, Chef Boy Bones. And I was like, I need I need some help. I'm trying to I'm trying to change some shit. And you're killing this shit all the time. So like broken freestyle, some crazy shit. Yeah. And um, so we all show up at, you know, Assume Studio. And we start working on some shit. We start going crazy. And he's like, what do you want to name the, the shit? And me just, 
I don't know where the fuck, what the fuck I was thinking. Maybe Waterboy was on the real TV too, but I was like, call it Waterboy. And at that moment, you know, when you kind of get like deja vu and you're like, yo, I've seen this shit before. And at that moment, I was like, okay, shit. I'm not going to say nothing to see what happens. And he's like, what about Bobby Boucher? And I was like, what the fuck? I was like, yo, I'm changing my name to Bobby Butcher. So I cha- at that moment, I decided to do it. And it was crazy at first. You know, I still get it till this day. Like, why do you change your name? Why does this guy keep change- changing his name? This is my Google gets full. My, Google, my Gmail gets full. <laughs> and then like, so at that time, you change your name. You start dropping music that's like, I would say more accessible, more current, you know, like more true to where you wanted to be at the time for show. Yeah. And what was the reaction like from the people? Uh, at first it was, it was pretty negative. Really? I lost a lot of fans. Okay. Um, a lot of people just didn't know what happened because the name just changed. I didn't put out like a fucking bulletin or nothing. Uh, just cause again, I know shit about marketing. I know shit about how the game was working. Like, we was lucky to get a fucking music video on YouTube. Like, right. I think YouTube had barely just started letting us do that like a few years back. But um, yeah, it was just like the fan reaction wasn't, wasn't they weren't nice. They was hating. Mean little fuckers. <laughs> but. Um, was, did that feel discouraging? It did at first. And I remember, you know, around the hobbies that were around me, uh, I remember just telling them like, damn, this is crazy. It feels crazy to just like, I've never really had that response, you know, like I've never really had people just hating on me for no reason. So, uh, I just kept, kept at it. I was like, fuck it. It kind of felt like, you know, it started to feel good to go against what people wanted from me, you know? So, but it was fucked up because, um, at a certain point, like, uh, I was like feeling like I should just go back to boom bap and make what they wanted to hear mm. since they, you know, hit me up about it so much, which is lit. You know, I appreciate that they're even hitting me up. Um, but yeah, and I've had to explain over and over and over to, to at least my fans, you know, on my live, they'd be like, why do you change your name? Every other thing is like, why do you change your name? But um, it's just been a journey, man. And I just kept that. I stayed true to myself and what I wanted, I'm, the last thing I want to be doing is some shit I don't even, I'm not even, I'm, I'm bored by, you feel me? Like, I can't do it. What would you say to an up and coming artist that wants to switch their style up to expand creatively and artistically, but they feel kind of trapped in their zone because of their fans and the expectations they have of them? I say, like, whatever you feel like doing, whether it's that or something else, like, just do that shit. Like, the hardest thing is getting up to even take the trash out. But once you up, it's easy, you know? So it's like, just do that shit, man, and don't be scared, and people are going to go, but more people are going to come. You got to, it's like life. You got to make room for the good shit, you know? Like, bad shit going to leave, good shit going to come. The cycle of life, you you know? So you can't just, like, you can't be scared to, to act on some shit that's really, you know, something you want to do. So it's like the hardest part about going to the gym is going to the gym. Fact. Once you get there, it's lit. You feel me? Yeah. Like, and yeah. you see other people working on themselves, and it just motivates you. You know, like it wasn't that long either. Like I think, I think I shot a video with Nick Rodriguez um, in Chase's studio at the time, or still. Um, and that started because Nick was doing crazy shit. So, and I found Nick through self-provoke, I think. And so that started generating like more of like an image of what Bobby Butcher was. Um, and after that, it just kind of went. I felt like people were understanding. People were still, you know, you can't, it's not like I can text everybody that like my music, like, hey, I, I don't know if I can actually, but um hey like i changed my name like this is a bulletin you know well you kind of made like your your second album as bobby butcher was the severe ep and that was essentially that was your bulletin to the world like that was kind of was that like r.i.p severe yeah pretty much it was like and honestly it was like my last time taking a jab at those people that was after me so 
it was like, fuck you, I'm gonna still use the name. You let know? me let me give a little bit of game to all you motherfucking piranha ass vultures, shark ass motherfuckers out there. Y'all made a big ass mistake. And I'm glad you did because you were able to flip the script and they weren't really able to get in your pockets like that. What they should have done is waited until you blew up way bigger off of that name and then come after you because then they would have had more recourse and would have actually got more out of it. There's yeah. more at stake. They kind of made that move a little bit too early. And yeah. like, so you shouldn't. And so. shout out to, you know, JDS. He was kind of like helping me maneuver through all that. Uh, from the cypher effect. For yeah. Those yeah. That don't from know. the cypher effect. Um, uh, he was helping me maneuver through all that. It was a scary time. I was, I was always hitting him with questions and stuff about that. So. Doesn't feel good to get legal paperwork, right? Like uh -uh. that's just definitely disconcerting feeling. But unfortunately, like it's part of the game. And once people realize that this is just it's scary. But once I knew it was like once they they like presented their paperwork, it was like okay, it's a wrap. I gotta I gotta let it go. So I never looked back. I never like. When did it start to resonate with the fans? Like like okay, like they're actually feeling this because. That was around the time I met you. You had just were just putting out the Severe EP, and you were working on your next project, Busy Dying, which Busy Dying. to me, yeah, I mean, to this day is an incredible project. You, like, sir. I encourage everybody watching this to you know go back, do go your googles, the, and go uh, see the Bobby Butcher catalog. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fire. Yeah, and and when you were was that around the time where you were, felt a little more validated because you're dropping videos uh -huh. that were actually doing numbers you yeah. know there is the um um what's it like seen it on me what, what's that shit called uh well that, i have a worse memory than you do that 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 <laughs> song was crazy uh that video was doing a lot of what's it called sue me oh sue okay. me thank you zoo and that's produced by um uh guru doug okay yeah so yeah, shouts to Guru Doug. Yeah, man. I had that, which actually I was about to go on a trip. And again, JDS was like, yo, that's a good song. It's a different song. Like, it sounds different. Um, I think it needs a music video. And uh, I was like, okay, fuck, I got to get a music video. And, you know, I reached out to one of the homies. We shot it real quick, like I think hours before I had to fly or like at least drive to LAX which, you know, that's a mission. So uh, I got that video. I think I even chopped it up myself. I don't re really remember how that happened. It was a foggy time in my life. Um, but yeah, that happened. That started going crazy. Then uh, you had the Motives video as well, which was going crazy. Yeah, like. and actually I wrote Sumi at, at um, Assume Studio. Um, and I, he was having a, it was some type of party. I went into the studio to like take a car or something. And they slid a couch in front of the door so I couldn't get back into the house from the garage. And so I just went back to the studio and I just started writing Sumi. That's Isn't that I, funny the way God does things yeah, like that? Crazy. Like, yeah, just like. It's nuts. That's, that's too bad. Like, luckily you didn't have to take a piss or some shit. Like, I mean, like, you know, I would have gone outside. But, <laughs> but nah, like. So, like, you started to feel validated to an extent at that time. Like, okay, like, I made this change. I yeah. jumped off the porch into the deep end, and it's going well. People, it's some of my fans came with me on this journey. Yeah. I left some of the suckers behind, and now I'm gaining a bunch of new fans. A lot of it, too, has to do with, like, uh, meeting the rest of the cult, you know, and, you know, you guys, Zoo, um, Fredo, Elmac, Chase everybody you feel me and um everybody Frankie. had yeah every, you know two head shout out two head and everybody just had a, a a quality that i didn't have you know like as far as their music you know and something about their music was different and i was just soaking up game like especially with like Elmac in the room all the time like he's a crazy writer mm -hmm. he's one of the craziest writers i've ever met yeah he's nice. um, so that taught me a lot. And even like one of the things he told or he talked to me about or to the room about was like using the word just. Yep. And like yep. that changed a lot. It changed a lot of music for me. Um, 
because people use like will throw just in a rhyme scheme to force a rhyme yeah but necessarily like isn't something you would say you don't even need it it's not even necessary so like i think like meeting you guys and you guys being like already fucking you know big people in your worlds you know like in a in a battle rap world in the same with Mac in the battle rap world chase you know so it was like damn these people who write crazy shit believe in me like what the fuck like i i'd be stupid not to believe in me you know so i just started going even deeper into the rabbit hole of what i wanted to do you know which i didn't know what i wanted to do but what what i was like after because you're always kind of after something as an artist like that shit at least for me it never fucking stops so it was just further down the rabbit hole and that's where um hangover and withdrawals yeah we that, have a crazy tape because that sound is like outside like far out, well it's, you it's know, like you know I, looking at you it's funny but like it, it's fucked up the way the music game works because yeah. it's the cream does not necessarily rise to the, to the top and there's a lot of the most talented people you know yourself pistol mcfly zudaville like a lot of the dopest artists that i know you, you guys got recognition. You guys got fan bases. I'm yeah. not trying to like undermine that, but the, the level of talent is not equivalent to the level of popularity and people want to yeah. hop on the wave after it's already in motion. They don't want to be there during like the, the times yeah. when the rest of the world isn't privy to it yet. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Like they don't care. Like I would see you effortlessly make hit after hit after hit, like all these records with incredible hooks, incredible beats, incredible verses Thanks. that easily could have just taken crazy. off. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and you you know a lot of it is my fault because um, this music shit is like the studio is very little of what it is. You know these days, so I just wasn't keeping up with what would happen after after I made the song. I was just so happy to make these fucking songs and it just felt good to make the songs. So it, I, I never really cared what happened after, you know? So, um, so that's partially, I feel like it's my fault. Um, but Akil, you know, there's something that he told me too, or told the group when I was a kid. Um, he said that, and I don't know word for word, I don't remember word for word, but he said some shit like, uh, the the dopest MCs he knows will never have a record deal, and it's just how shit is. Have you heard you the know? conspiracy theory that Akil, the MC from Jurassic Five, no. is actually Tupac? Really? Yeah, <laughs> that Tupac never died. He became. I swear to God, dude. <laughs> like, there's like this whole. He has this dude Yo. stalking him. Some chick actually stalking him throughout the <laughs> internet, making like. What bold, do you think? I mean, I, I see a resemblance, but I don't think. You know, it's. I'm pretty sure. Um, you know, if Pac's not fishing in Cuba right now. He's definitely not performing with Jurassic Five. Yeah, I've but, I've seen I've seen him in person a couple of times. Okay, not Tupac, but it's an amazing <laughs> conspiracy theory. It's one of my favorites. Like, I I, I support it getting out there more, even Who though I fuck with shit? some crazy ass <laughs> bitch. But I fuck with Akil as a person, so I don't like the fact that he has to deal with that. But it's yeah. so funny, dude. Yeah, like, it's it funny. so fucking funny. But like, yeah, I mean, shout out to him. Like, Pac's gonna change the world <laughs> as an underground rapper. Yo. So tight. Um and, and then um, you know, so that's around the time you and I became really close. And we were you know, we worked on the the Fresh Coast um uh, non-perishables volume three. Yeah. We were all hopping on you were working on the Chopper Reed project with yeah. Chase. We're all hopping on each other's um tapes, like everything's going crazy. And then we um, you know, like I said, you were around me when i was in a really dark place i was getting yeah. a divorce from uh from my ex-wife who can't fucking handle her lsd like if you watch the Let's pistol go. mcfly episode if you want to yeah. hear a little bit about that right yeah there. I, was, I was there and um I was there for those times what was it like being around my crazy ass when i'm like you know doing a bunch of blows strung out on zans i mean as far as like not much to say <laughs> <laughs> (laughs) 
Yeah, sobriety's really been a huge blessing in my life. Like, <laughs> um, I feel like, you know, when you was on that stuff, you wasn't taking that stuff to be a different person. I feel like your personality is really strong, and it was shining through. I'm glad. But, I mean, there's a few few things that happened. Like, um, remember when uh, I tried oh, to steal the... Um, but I, I tried to steal... <laughs> I made you put it back. Yeah. I tr- what, what was it? It was power bars. It was, I, <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to steal protein bars. Because for those that don't know, when you're on Xanax, it makes you... You dumb as hell. It just makes you not give a fuck at all. You don't care all. about shit. So if there's like... You know, you could be in the store and you're like, you I know, can't believe you remember that. I shit. don't feel like paying. Like, I'm yeah. just going to. And also at the time, I didn't have money. He got caught. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm with him. He sees I put the protein bars in my pocket because <laughs> I'm going to the gym in the morning. Like, I'm being healthy. Like, yo. And, and then we're we're going. And I, I felt bad because, like, I'm hitting this little baby lick. I felt w- bad. W- with you. Like, you're like an accessory. Yeah. And, like, you go to pay for your stuff, which I was like, okay, this is great. I'm going to steal. I'm going to shoplift on the heels of you paying for something. Yeah. Because that makes Facts. me look far less suspicious. And Facts. then, like. Because I was paying. I was actually paying. <laughs> and then the dude was like, hey, you got to put that back. And I was like, I don't have anything. Like, what do you mean? Like, he's like, he's like, dude, like, I'll press the fucking lock button right Yo. now. You'll be trapped in here. And I was like, all right, fine. And I gave him one. And all the time, he's like trying to like stand closer to me, just <laughs> <laughs> like I was save over some shit. And I still had another, like, I had another power Man. bar on me. So it was like, he's like, put the other one back. I was like, no, there is no, there isn't another one. Search me. I swear to God, like pat me down, bro. Swear to God. Yeah. And then, and then I got, so I got that other power bar. Ha ha. Fuck you, Chevron. Yeah. <laughs> Yo. And then there was another time we're at a video shoot and I accidentally stole a bunch oh of weed God. from some rapper. Oh my God. <laughs> And then you wound up going and like smoking with them the next day and chilling with them and making. No, I didn't. Oh. <laughs> I honestly don't even remember what happened. Like, I don't know. I think. We're at a video shoot. There's a bunch of. Oh, weed. no. No, I remember that part. Yeah. I don't remember if we ever did anything. I think about you it. told me, like, like, someone told me to roll something up. So I rolled something up yeah. and then I thought it was our weed. Like, so I just you took it. Down for that. <laughs> Xanax era was crazy. Yo, like, you crazy. You were crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't you, blame no, it on no, the drugs. No, I mean, I was crazy. I yeah. was crazy. And like, but yeah. Somehow uh, we... You st- remember that time we like drove to 7-Eleven? Okay. Th- this was you. <laughs> this will fucking held up a... <laughs> I did not. I did not. No, he did not hold up a Seven Eleven, but he finessed. I don't. I didn't do shit. I just. I went in there. Seven Eleven sold us beer at like three in the morning. They right? just. Like, they gave me a bunch of shit. Like I went in there. They took me to the behind the fridges, and gave me a bunch of shit. I just felt like a getaway driver. Is all I know. I was confused. Not to incriminate us, but yeah, yeah. I was confused. So on the way out, I was like, "Damn, it must be free day or something." Yeah. So I. Grab some, you know, uh, chargers. Took them with me. Oh, amazing! <laughs> but amazing. Uh, yeah, I don't know what the fuck till this day. Like I think about that. Like why they do that? I think what happened was bro that was working there yeah. was like, I'm gonna make some dough under the table. Fuck this establishment and like, because you were like, come on, bro, sell sell me some beer. Like it's not a big. Deal. I didn't like, even like. I was just in. I I went to the back. I checked the fridge. And that bitch had a lock on it. So I, I turned back. I was like, damn, did they lock already? He's like, yeah. Yeah, it's three and, in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, he's like, okay, well, come over here. And I'm like kind of tripping because I've never, you know, I'm not trying to follow nobody to no dark room. That's a scary movie. <laughs> you feel me? Like, so um, he just gave me a bunch of free shit and told me to leave. And on top of that, that crazy. Like, so we're doing like, this is just like scratching the surface of crazy stories that what was going on. There was, was kicking it with a lot of, a uh, lot of fast women just in a really, I was, you know, I'm not putting that on you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he was and going it, crazy. Yeah. And we're just like, you know, 
wiling out. Um, we made the the Hangovers and Withdrawals tape uh, and the Six Six Seven Cult um, Cultivate album, which I listened to the other day, by the way, and is incredible. Like to this day, like yeah, that one slipped through the cracks, but it was Facts. really really. And dope. I, I really think we need to uh, come back and hit on with a part two or something. I'm all the way you with know. them. Activities. I feel like we've all lived enough life to come back for a part two. Oh yeah, yeah. that's a, also there's that's like a half a chopper read part two. Yeah. Um, but uh, that you heard might, it here first. Exclusive. That might come out someday. I keep, you know, me and Chase keep talking. Chase and I keep talking about it. But for those that don't know, what is a uh, what is six six seven? What is six six seven? Colt six six seven. Colt is uh. And one you of, need to take drink the electric Kool Aid. One of like, the devil. Nah, it's just a music collective. Um, just a couple friends that um were actually hanging out with each other. You know that saw each other every day um, that happened to make music and share similar interests and shit. So that's pretty much what the cult is. Um, And it's lit. Yeah, we out here. And then at a certain point after that, you you dropped a little bit more music as Bobby Butcher. And then you made a final... I don't using the word transition gets taken out of context (laughs) nowadays. I don't want to give people the uh, final evolution and became your current moniker baby franco chain yeah so what's the difference between baby franco chain and bobby butcher um i feel like bobby butcher just still didn't fit it still felt it was was still pulling me backwards you know um my gmail got full and that's really what happened like my gmail got and chase will tell you this shit my gmail got full and um I was going to drop my next project. It was, it's called Dead um, as Bobby Butcher. But by that time, both you and I had like nine, ten chains on. Right. You know, so I fell asleep with all of mine. Right. And I woke up with all of mine, just tangled the fuck up. So I untangled them. And uh, they were just a bunch of baby Franco chains. So, um, which shout out to Smokey, because... Uh, he was like one of the first people I seen with a baby Franco chain. Yeah. Um, just stacked. He had like, I think the same amount too. Just yeah, Smokey's crazy. Smokey's he, he, still wear them under his shirt. He's evolved on some crazy. His He'll have some other shit, but they don't have a bunch of them under his shirt still. Yeah. Like. And uh, shout out DJ Smokey Martinez. It's my um, brother. Yeah, man. I woke up with all my My shit. heterosexual life, mate. <laughs> oh, my God. I said heterosexual. You're like, why are you offended by that? It's my it's my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so uh, you know, shout out to Lush being open about his shit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, now nah, um, I had I just had them stacked. So it's just I was like, yo, I'm gonna change my fucking name. Like I'm I'm gonna pick something that I I've always wanted to kind of go to. Like somewhat crazier, um, and I just finally went with it. Like I was just like, "Fuck it!" I see all these Baby Franco chains. I'm gonna change my name to Baby Franco Chain. What? And is that because like you could have easily copped like one bigger chain, but you decided to? Just, I just you know, liked how they look. I liked yeah. how they look. Um, I like that I could switch them up, take some off, keep some pendants on. You know, like it, I just fuck with it. You know. Yeah. And how would you describe the musical evolution of your current incarnation? Because I'm not even going to say final, because you might switch it up again. Yeah, well, I, you know, last few couple of songs I dropped were a little different. Um, shout out to Garrett Gloom. Um, shout out to No Fun LA. Yeah, shout out to No Fun LA. Um, I think the transition that's been happening musically... It's a lot more free. It's a lot more melodic. Like it's a lot more, and it's always been melodic, but now it's like um, just more, I guess, refined. You feel me? Like um, I'm doing shit that I always thought would be weird to do. I'm trying shit that I because you're way outside the box of hip hop at do. this time. Like, yeah, like you're like now. I'm, you know, I just dropped um, "Under the Sun." music video by our soul that's out there and then uh zoo and i are about to zoo deville and i are about to drop a video for um bad parts of me which is even crazier um 
but yeah, it's just been a it's just been a journey, man, and it's gonna keep going. I'm influenced by so many things and so many people and so many types of art that I don't ever think that it'll ever just stop somewhere like creative creatively. You got like you know? this drum and bass bounce to your shit now, damn near. Yeah. It's like, and that like there's and electronic music's been like prevalent in your life for a long time as well. Yeah, right? like, yeah, yeah. Shout out to DJ Trance. Um, I got to just be around him when I was younger. Um, he actually got me my first studio session when I was like, I think like seventeen or some shit, at um, some Chicano like. Uh, like they made only Chicano music there. And he like walked in and he was just like, yo, what is this? <laughs> you know, like start over type shit. And, um, but yeah, like I, I've always liked electronic music. I like, I like when artists just like try different shit and um, just go, you know, like it sucks when you, f you have to feel like you're in a, in a box and you gotta live in that box. Like I wanna just, I want to just keep evolving. I want to find new ways, like Young Thug being one of them. Even when I was like going from Bobby Butcher to Baby Franco, um, I was influenced a lot by, you know, Pistol McFly, who y'all had the interview with. Um, and he just, sucks. just being around him, because he's one of the craziest writers also. That no, I'm he's like, amazing. You know? Absolutely amazing. Um, and his music is just crazy. One of the illest. What do you, um, what is like something that you feel like people don't over enter and understand about you and your music and your art that you want them to know? What do you want to impress upon people? Um, shit. I think it's like, I think I just want them to know that I'm forever going to evolve and don't get comfortable, motherfuckers. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not this person that they've created through the years. You know, I've I've evolved and I've changed and I think different. My mind is different. Um, I think better. I dress better. Uh, <laughs> you know, like it's just every time I I look back at my music, I can see the evolution, and I think that's just one thing that's always kind of made me feel the way was like, damn, they just want me to be whatever they like, you know? And it's like, music comes more from just a therapy, man. It's just, I'm just letting it flow out. It comes out how it comes out. It sounds however the fuck it sounds. And that's what it is. What's next? Um, sh more alternative shit. Um, go listen to my last couple shit. Um, the last couple ones have been a little different and it'll give you like a sneak peek to like what's coming. So just a lot of alternative, maybe more punk vibes, um, more dance vibes. I just want to And it's weird. It like you'll incorporate the dance shit with the, the punk, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like bring it all together where you never expect to hear these different genres thrown together in a way that actually makes sense. And then you still like, at the end of the day, you still yeah. kind of glide on beats like an MC, even though you're singing like, yeah. like and like I said, a, trip. I, a lot of that, you know, comes from like just Garrett Gloom being like, yo, I, I really fuck with your shit, but I want to like mosh to your shit. Like I want to go crazy to your shit. Um, like it'd be tight if you made some faster music. And so um that just for a few months, it just marinated in my head. And I just like finally was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to try to do some double time shit. So a lot of it is influenced by him, you know, what he's doing. And, you know, everybody around me, really. But. It's it's crazy the way like with drugs would always set the tempo of my music. And then once I got clean, it's like other things like actually yeah. moving people. like Yeah. And, and a lot of it, too, comes from like shows. Like I, I go to their shows. I go to the No Fun LA shows. If you're in LA and haven't, go check that shit out. Um, and I'm, I feel we're lit for the being like the first major podcast to even reference No Fun LA because a, a year from now, that's, everyone's gonna be on that wave, super tough, and like remember, yeah, yeah, timestamp that shit, bitch. Facts. And I'd be at their shows and they're fucking lit. Like people are turning up. People aren't afraid to express themselves, and so. 
you know, versus the shows that I've been used to where people just kind of stand around. It almost feels like they're too cool to like be themselves, like want to mm. party or whatever, like, which is cool. Like do your thing, you know, but. No, I, it's actually pretty fucking lame. Let's keep it a stack. <laughs> <laughs> I just want, I just want more energy when I perform. And I'm also aware that my music wasn't like high energy music at that point. It was really like conscious shit. So, you know, I just want to go crazy. We going crazy. Any final words for the people? Um, Young Franco. Go run all my shit up. Uh, shout out to the cult, 667. Um, shout out to Lush One. Y'all know what it is. Um, yeah, everybody out there, the whole fam, go crazy. Go watch everything. Two devil emojis and a halo, man. 667, Back. baby. And if, uh, I encourage everyone watching this, run up the homies catalog. because Go crazy. You know. One of the illest. And with that being said, we, we about this biatch. Let's go. This biatch. Ooh. <laughs>